Welcome to this episode of City Minutes. I'm joined by my colleagues Anthony Breach and Sam Watling to discuss a new report they've co-authored called The House Building Crisis. Anthony, let's start with you. Set out why we've done the report um, and what they'd looked at. So um, debate on the housing crisis in Britain is divided between people who argue that the crisis began thanks to Margaret Thatcher and right to buy, causing council house building to decline and other people who argued it's due to problems with the planning system. If the housing crisis is caused by the decline of council house building, then we should expect to see house building fall only after 1980. But if it's the planning system that's caused the massive decline in house building, then house building should fall after 1947. Of course, both the planning system and the decline of council housing did both reduce house building over that period. But identifying the root cause is really important for figuring out which reform will have the biggest impact on ending the housing crisis today. As the planning system and housing crisis is so important to urban economies, we decided to investigate this, even though we couldn't quite find data that was urban. Excellent. Okay. So Sam, just outline the, the data that we use, which was novel, hadn't been used before, and the approach that we've, we've taken in the report to look at this longer run issue. Well, we scanned data which have been collected by the United Nations from 1957 to 2000 that had lain otherwise untouched in statistical annals in the LSE basement, which compared housing outcomes and health building rates between different European countries. After processing this, we then joined it with national statistical data since 2000 and data on house building in England and Wales, which went back to 1856. We then use this new data set to analyze the housing crisis in more depth. We also use the data to estimate how many homes were missing from the UK's housing stock relative to other countries, the unbuilt backlog in our report. Okay, so that's that's an outline, brief summary of uh, why we did the report and how we went about it. And start with you, you, let's set out some of the main findings. So having done the analysis, what, what are we finding? Sure thing. So we used the data to estimate the number of homes the UK would now have if we had built at the rate of other European countries after the Second World War, after adjusting for population growth, demolitions, and the initial number of homes between countries. So we find that if we'd built at the rate of the average European country after 1955, then the UK today would have about 4.3 million more homes than it does today, which is roughly a 15% increase in the current total stock of housing. Some other countries present even starker examples. If we built at the rate of Finland, for example, we would have an additional 8.3 million houses, a 30% increase in stock. So that's quite a big uh, number. And I think it's it's added, the weight is added to it because we've looked at other European countries. Sam, take that on. We found that these housing supply problems begin after the introduction of the Town and Country Planning Act in 1947. In particular, insufficient land was made available for development after initial designations, first new towns were exhausted and green belts were extended in the mid 1950s. This meant that private house building rates dropped by more than half after 1947, despite strong increases in the demand for and price of private housing after 1960. This meant that Britain built private housing at the lowest rates of any Western European country in the post-war period. Council house building did increase after the war, but it did not fill this gap after 1955. This was also partly due to the inability of urban councils to obtain building land from green belts in the neighbouring rural councils. 
which urban redevelopment and tower blocks did not fully compensate. Council house building then started to decline in the 1970s, before right to buy, and fell alongside further decreases in private house building. Overall, total house building rates have dropped by a third after the introduction of the planning system. Other European countries did not have this problem, at least during the post-war period. Their planning systems were introduced later and offered far less opportunities for local authorities to restrict development. As a result, British housing outcomes fell rapidly relative to other countries during this period. In 1955, we had more homes per capita than West Germany and Switzerland. By the early 1970s, we had been overtaken by both countries. It also should be noted that Britain had slower population growth than other European countries, but this slower population growth does not compensate for the underbuilding. Okay, great. Um, so if those are the kind of big findings, uh, and just talk a little bit now about um, what needs to change. Obviously, you know, we're looking at it's over a 70 year period, but we're thinking about reform uh, in the present day, not least because there's a lot of debate and discussion, A, about the house housing crisis, but also what we might do about it. So what do we think needs to change based on the analysis? So, Andrew, there are three key things. First, the government's 300,000 homes a year target for England is not high enough. Even if we do hit it, and we're currently building in about 240,000 homes every year, at that rate, it would take us about 65 years to close the gap of 4.3 million homes, the European average, let alone with a really high-performing European country. Instead, if we want to close the average gap within 25 years, then we need to increase the housing target to at least 442,000 homes every year. If we want to close it faster than that, if we want to close it over the next 10 years or over two parliaments, then we need to increase it from 300,000 a year to 654,000 homes every year. Sam, did you want to come in? Yeah, secondly, there is no solution that does not involve increasing private house building. We can build more social and council homes to help solve the crisis. And that would particularly help low-income people in expensive areas like London. But we cannot reach these goals of building more homes without an increase in private house building. Uh, you come back in on the third point. And third, it's that planning reform is really essential for reaching both of those two goals. The current planning system is a bottleneck on new homes, both for new private and for new social housing. It's been causing problems since it was created in 1947 because it rations land so tightly and so unpredictably. Given this, any solution must involve removing these barriers to housing of all tenures. Moving from the current discretionary planning system, where everything is decided case by case, towards a more rules-based, flexible zoning system, which designates more land for housing, is the key step that any government that is serious about ending the housing crisis has to take. Excellent, thank you very much. You can read the full report that Anthony and Sam have written on our website, centreforcities.org. Thanks for listening.